and welcome to Rhythm Church. If you're in any need of prayer, our team is available to you at any time. If you'd like to get connected and know more, click on the links below. We hope you enjoy today's message. Travel light. Who's actually had a suitcase do that? When we moved to uh, Shanghai uh, a number of years ago, uh, we were at Brisbane International Airport and we were excess baggage. Right, We had excess baggage and we were like way over on our carry-on. All of our luggage had already been checked in and it's like we just do not know what to do here. So we put on all, as you do, you put on all the extra layers, right? You've got like 59 layers of clothes and you're still like marginally over the exit and it's like, oh, geez, what else do we do? And uh, so needless to say, yeah, it was our suitcases I think could have looked like that. And our goal in life is actually not to have that kind of baggage. So uh, as we're moving forward in our series, starting a new series, and we are calling it Travel Light. So what my goal is over the next few weeks is that um, is to remind you and to remind myself that this world is not our home. And so when we actually are mindful of our destination, we don't really need to take too much stuff with us. We have a natural tendency, however, to overpack our luggage. And um, part, part of our process uh, in life, uh, I'm not sure about you, but, uh, you know, as we progress in life, we have a natural tendency to pack stuff into our suitcase that we don't necessarily need or is actually best for us. Um, I accumulate hurts. I accumulate disappointments. Uh, I ac- accumulate resentment. Maybe things like discontentment, always wanting more. And they're the sorts of things that I end up putting into my suitcase that are not necessarily as God had intended. And so my goal today is to actually help us empty out some of the excess baggage in our suitcase so that we can be mindful of why we actually have Christmas together. So good to see you, Gladia. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so part of our process today is... Um, is letting go of some things, saying it's okay to put that in the trash at the airport when we don't need to really put it in our suitcase. Uh, That's my goal today. So uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you that as we have our hearts open, our ears open, uh, speak to us. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Do what you need to. Bring surgery to our hearts, surgery to our minds. Bring renewal to our minds, transformation to our hearts. And may our lives, as we, as, as we head into this Christmas season, continue to have our focus on you. Lord, not, the, not all of the rush, not all of the, the mess that uh, we are so tempted to just be caught up with. Father, we thank you that you are with us, leading us, guiding us, and directing our paths in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So, uh, so I'm not sure about you. So what, what I really want to talk about today is just letting go of the stuff that weighs us down, that holds us down and that holds us back. Uh, God's got such a plan for each and every one of us that so often the things that we put into our suitcase are the very things that cause us to slow down. You know, um, I'm going to probably refer to China a little bit. Uh, when we had so much, who's moved countries? You know that you've got a lot of stuff, right? 
and you have to just do we really need all that stuff and uh, we took stuff to China I took my coffee machine to China <laughs> how did you know right <laughs> we needed that you know we needed coffee it saved my marriage you know a coffee machine coffee saves marriages just saying, just saying. And uh, so if you need help around saving your marriage, I can sell you some coffee. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, we pack stuff that we don't really always need. And uh, we packed all sorts of stuff from our Western mindset, immersing, you know, being parachuted into a, you know, a communist nation that was completely different, blindsided by, oh, yeah, this is what we do. You cl- your clothes, the clothes you pack when you go into a foreign country, you stand out like <laughs> craziness, right? And, uh, and so, you know, our goal is, um, is working with less and not more. So this is what I want us to actually say. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. Can we say that? It's better. It's better. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. Nice and big on the screen, isn't it? Wow. Um, that should help some of us who don't have their glasses. Uh, it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. And so um, it's interesting, however, though, we live in this psyche, in this world mindset that more is better. But it actually started right back in the Garden of Eden. You know, God had given Adam... Everything except one thing. And he lost his keys in that way, and he actually needed a partner to help him find them again. So hence the reason God said, actually, you know, here's a <laughs> who loses their keys, men? Men, do we lose our keys? Yes. So this is why it's really important for us to have partners because people like Salotti and people like my wife Kathy, they continually help us find keys. And Eve did the same thing. She helped Adam. And, uh, but however, the same thing sometimes happens is that um, along comes this slippery little serpent and uh, offered more because what you have is not enough. You know, you, Adam had, and Eve had everything, but it was better to have more, said the serpent. And the reality is sold himself out, you know, and sold himself out for more when actually what he had was enough. You know, and the world around us wants to tell us, no, you need to get more. A level of stature in society or a level of accomplishment in a bank account. When you've actually arrived, when you've, when you've attained a certain goal, you've, you've arrived. And the reality is, it's never enough. There's never that point of arrival. And, uh, and so it's better to actually have less than it is to have more. And, um, you know... Who has a dollar? We actually want $2. You know, if we actually have one pair of shoes, suddenly, well, but I need a blue pair of shoes as well because my white pair can't go with everything. You know, one vacation, but two vacations is better, right? One holiday would be great, right? So, uh, but the reality is, is that um, I'm not sure about you, but one taco is actually enough. <laughs> At what point is more enough? 
But Tim, but when I've reached two tacos, it's like, really? I didn't get a fish taco. I probably should get a fish taco as well as a pulled beef and as well as a, you know, a pork. But the reality is it's like, you know, at what point is enough enough? And so uh, Solomon said it this way. Um, uh, he actually said this, it's that it's better. Everyone say better. It's better, as in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6 says, a better is a handful with tranquility. So tranquility is another word for peace and joy. Now, last week we spoke about peace. Better is a handful with tranquility than two handfuls of toil and striving after the wind. How about that? But we've been told to actually have Two handfuls. Society ingrains into us to actually have two handfuls. Yet the reality is one handful is actually what God wants us to have. And hopefully we'll share a little later on why we have one handful. There's a benefit to only having one handful as opposed to having two. You know, society will tell us you need to have two, but you're actually less limited when you've got two hands full. If my hand is full with what God's provided me, I can use the other hand to help. I can use the other hand to hug and to hold. I can use the other hand to actually empty out and give. There's so much more, but if I've got two hands full, you know, I can't actually, I'm limited. You know, and I've heard it said over the years, oh, you know, when I get enough, that's when I'll start supporting. (laughs) You know, and it's like, well, actually, what's in your hand? What is in your hand presently? When uh, some of you may know already, you know, many years ago or a few years ago now, we, we had a business transaction that went south and Kathy uh, said to me after applying for 50 different jobs, uh, what's in your hand? And thankfully I had some skill set that I could apply from what was in my hand. And, uh, you know, we all have, if you've been here longer than five minutes, you've got something in your hand. You have time, you have talent, you have treasure, and you've got words in your mouth, which would be your tongue. And you can use that for the kingdom purpose. And so, you know, it's better, as Solomon said, better is a handful of tranquility than two handfuls of toil and striving after the wind. You know, when I get enough, that's when, I'll, when I've arrived. That's a good thing. And uh, it's like, you know, it's just striving. It's just striving. He said it's better. Better with one handful with tranquility. I'm going to say tranquility a little bit because I don't say it very often, but tranquility, tranquility. Peace and joy is what it means, tranquility. Another word could be harmony. A handful that is in harmony with what God wants for my life. In harmony, peace. Uh, And... uh, There's actually a pretty powerful story around two sons that Jesus alludes to in Luke chapter 12. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to read the whole thing, but someone said in, uh, in verse 13, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. I love what Jesus says in this. And I was reading it and I was like, this is actually pretty revolutionary for Jesus to actually do this. And Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge? Or a arbiter between you? Who appointed me to that next slide, guys? Um, the next. Who appointed me as a judge or an arbiter between you? So often we want Jesus to step right in the middle of our of our mess. When Jesus actually has says, it's actually you deal with this. 
this is your human to human conflict. You deal with this. And, uh, and so, you know, and then he said to them, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. So there's a couple of things we can take out of that. Jesus is actually encouraging these two, these two sons, watch out, be on guard. So why would one need to be on guard? Why would one need to watch out? Because we can be consumed by it. Because it actually is a trap to want more. It's a natural sin-orientated trap to want more. And, uh, and Jesus is saying, watch out, be on guard. Another translation will say, guard your heart. Protect that which is important in you. Protect the very nature of who I am in you. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. So that would imply that there's more than one kind of greed. We could have greed in materialism. We could have greed in, you know, insisting on our own way. We could have greed in all sorts of different levels. But Jesus is imploring us, watch out, be on your guard. So when someone's on guard, it means they've actually got some attention. You know, a frog that is being boiled in a saucepan from cold water to hot isn't necessarily on guard. It's being consumed by its environment. You know, easy for us to want the latest iPhone. It's easy for us to want the latest marketing ploy that maybe hardly normal might be putting on TV. Um, sorry, Harvey Norman. Um, <laughs> uh, but the reality is that there's a pull. There is always a pull for our, our resources, our time, our attention. And yet Jesus is imploring us, be on guard, watch out. And so, you know, everyone say, it's better. It's better. Jesus, it's better. He wants us to actually want less than it is to want more. Um, there is all kinds of greed. Life does not consist. Life does not consist of in an abundance of possessions. You know, it's, it's a trap, people. It's easy to be caught up in uh, what we've got versus what God wants us to have and uh, what's in our suitcase. Everything in culture wants to tell you the opposite. That's the reality. So um, what if the stuff you have is actually robbing you from that, robbing you from the life that God has for you? Huh? What if the stuff that you have is actually robbing you from the life that you want? Wow, it's almost a paradox in that, isn't it? It's like, what if what I have is actually holding me back from where I need to go? Um, who's blowing a Jetstar? Right, most of them have. If you've been able to get on a flight lately that hasn't been cancelled, well done. Uh, <laughs> but they've got their suitcase measurement thing. Right? So what if what you have is actually robbing you from where you want to go? You've got a suitcase that doesn't fit inside that parameter. And you've got more than what you actually have and more than what you actually need. And it's like, oh, decisions to make. You have to check it in, don't you? And what an inconvenience it is to have to do all that. But, oh, I've already, oh, it costs more to have what you have when it's not what you need. You know, it costs more to have what you have when it's not what you need. Uh, I like what um, uh, there's a pastor in the States uh, that says it this way. Um, I'm going ahead on my notes a little bit. 
actually, I'll just, I'll just lead into it eventually. Um, I said it this way, you never know what Jesus, or you never know what is, an, what is an idol of yours until Jesus asks you to let it go. <sighs> right? We all have these hidden idols. We don't realize it's an idol until Jesus says, are you willing to let it go? I like, oh, hang on. Yeah, but God, come on, Jesus, please. No, I want to use that. No. Is it in our heart? For our purpose, or is it in our heart and in our possession for kingdom purpose? You know, and these are these are solid questions. Uh, what if the stuff you have is actually robbing you from the life you want? The next thing is better as one handful of tranquility than two with toil. So we're going to say that again. Better is one hand with tranquility than two with toil and stress. And so... Um, and uh, this is what uh, Craig Rochelle, a pastor in America, says. He says it this way, owning less is better than organizing more. Can you imagine the stress that Solomon had trying to organize 900 concubines? 700 wives and all of the, you know, all of the add-ons and bring-alongs and all the grandkids. I made coffee. I was at a coffee event yesterday and this lady was probably maybe early 50s. And she had 25 grandkids. I'm trying to work that out just mathematically. And that was like, you must have had 15 kids, surely. <laughs> right, okay. So, Tylena's father-in-law has 64 grandkids and great-grandkids. Now, that's a legacy. Uh, yeah, 14 children. Wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, owning less is way better than organizing more. <laughs> I'm happy with three kids. And uh, yeah, trying to organize three kids is a headache. So imagine organizing 14. Wow. And this is why we have helpmates. And... Uh, just a big shout out to all the mums too, by the way. It's uh, You guys are incredible around this season. Um, organising all the Christmas presents, organising all, all of the school stuff, all the parties, all the presents for the teachers, all of those things. Well done to uh, all the mums because I know that uh, it wasn't me that did it this year. It definitely must have been Kathy. So uh, big shout out to that. Um, so the next question is, how do we live with only one handful? When we've already got two hands full, how do we live with only one handful? So uh, the, the first thing that I recommend that we actually do is that we throw stuff out. We actually have to throw out. Uh, the, the, there's things that we've accumulated that literally, you know, we don't need anymore. I was going through my wardrobe last night, actually this morning, and I'm thinking, you know what? I have not worn that in more than 12 months. It needs to go. It needs to go. That all, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually scared, though. I'm scared because, you know, eventually those MC Hammer pants, I'm really hoping will come back into fashion. I'm really hoping. But the reality is it's been more than 25 years. I probably should throw it out. And, uh, you know, there are things in our cupboard, you know, all of my artwork from grade four, I probably don't need to have anymore. You know, there's things that we've just stored onto. What have, what's, what's the longest thing you've held onto? A 
24-year-old T-shirt. It's, it's time. It's time. It's time. I've got a word from the Lord. It's time. <laughs> no, but there's things that we can do to actually lighten our load and empty our hands. We can throw some stuff out. You know, we can actually be getting rid of some things. And, uh, you know, your life doesn't consist of the abundance of junk that we have. And let's be honest, we've got junk. We've got junk in our suitcase that actually doesn't need to come on the ride with us. You know, there's unforgiveness of family friends that doesn't need to come on the ride with us anymore. There's discontentment with our neighbours that doesn't need to come on the ride with us anymore. But the reality is there's also stuff in our house that doesn't need to come on the ride with us anymore. Let's actually throw it out. You know, I know I, 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 know I might be hitting some sacred cows here, right? Um, <laughs> all right, I, 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 I'll just keep moving along. Um, it's not worth it. I'm short on time. Um, you'll have less of the stuff that doesn't matter and you'll have more of the stuff that really does matter. You'll have less of the stuff that doesn't matter, and you'll have more of the stuff that really does matter. So, but let me give you two reasons why people don't throw things out. There's probably more, but let me just identify two. Fear. There's going to be an occasion I'll need it. I, you know, I'm going to go to the snow eventually. It might have been 37 years ago since I went, but I'm going to go again. Let me say this, technology changes. It's going to be a whole lot lighter in your suitcase than what it was 37 years ago. Just look at sleeping bags. How light are they these days? You know, compared to the big woven, big things that they used to be, you know, and uh, there's raincoats that are so much lighter and technology has improved. You don't need to keep it from 37 years ago. You know, there's stuff. We're afraid though. We're af I just might need that for a rainy day, people. And it's like, you know what? Let's just cull it. I've got respect for Jewel and Tony and Robert and Leslie, these guys who have maybe um, uh, downsized and you've had to throw stuff out. You know, sadly. <laughs> it was really important, Robert. It was really important. You know, <laughs> what's gone is gone. And if you need it again after 37 years, I can assure you that God will provide. Uh, he makes a way. <laughs> um, and so the first reason is that things are not thrown out is because of fear. The second reason is sentiment. Um, who's sentimental? Robert? James, you're sentimental. Oh, look here. Um, there is, obviously there's elements of, yeah, but it was a really nice occasion. It was a really good occasion. Don't mention much about it, but it was a really good occasion. You know, I... Uh, the photo albums are probably those things, you know, and we store photos and we've got boxes and boxes and boxes. My cupboard in our, Kathy, uh, Kathy's mum before she passed, um, had a whole room that you actually had to push the door open to get inside the room. She was a hoarder and uh, she had everything because she just never knew when you needed it. And unlike Kathy, who knows where everything is, you know, the last time it was used, 15 years and nine months ago, on a Tuesday afternoon is when the last time it was used, uh, she, Kathy's mum was like, oh, yeah, I think it's in there somewhere. I'm just not sure where. But uh, that's okay. And you go in there and find it. And it's yours, Marty. <laughs> she was European. So, uh, and, um, but it was lovely. It was great. But was it needed? 
you know, it just wasn't needed. So fear and sentiment are probably two of the same reasons why we don't throw things out. So my homework for you today is to, as we come into a new year, a new start, coming into Christmas, you know, you're going to get more stuff. So throw stuff out to make room for the new stuff. Otherwise, you end up getting a whole lot of stuff. That's just stuff. (laughs) Right? It's just stuff. And uh, I, I was thinking, I had this epiphany at home the other day, when our Christmas tree has all of this stuff under the Christmas tree. And I'm thinking... This is why we get so much stuff. Can we just get rid of some stuff, please? (laughs) And uh, and so needless to say, I'm going to throw it out because I'm not sentimental. I'm not sentimental. And, you know, don't throw stones at me, all you sentimentals. Uh, (laughs) But the reality is, is that, you know, I, I maybe have some fear. I want to lose some weight so I can wear that shirt again. And look like John Travolta in Saturday Night Live or something. Who knows? You know the reality. But the thing is, it's like, you know what? Fear behind me. Sentiment behind me. It's time to clean out the cupboard and start fresh. It's time to forgive some people. It's time to let go. It's time to maybe start giving when you haven't given before. It's time to actually allow some of these things to make room in our suitcase to move forward. The second reason that uh, we can get rid of two hands full of stuff is actually to buy less. We can buy less. You know, it's a, it's a proven stat that, um, that people who are going through all forms of anxiety, stress, and, and all sorts of disorders actually buy more. It's a coping mechanism. You know, online shopping goes crazy, and people like Claudia get extra busy with all the home deliveries because people are facing all sorts of anxiety. They need to buy more. Encourage us. Let us buy less. Because you're only buying stuff to keep up with people that you don't really like anyway. And, uh, and you know, it's unnecessary stuff. Unless it's on catch.com.au. And there is a sale, I'm telling you, that we have to get that. But God's never, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and coffee, by the way. Saving marriages, buy coffee, you, you, know, you know, so I get it. Um, but buy less. Throw out more, buy less. And the third thing that we can do. The third thing, to round out our our way of actually getting um, one handful is actually to give more. You know, there's stuff in in our supply within our house we could actually be blessing others with. You know, there's stuff in our cupboards, cups. Kathy loves plastics. Please, no plastics for Kathy for Christmas. Please, we've got two full drawers of plastics. We don't need any more plastics. We've got stuff. I'm over it. (laughs) I'm giving it away. It's all going. We're giving out more. So throwing out, we're buying less, and we're giving more. That's how we actually get rid of two hands of stuff, and we're going down to one handful of stuff. Next slide, guys, please. So this stat, apparently 62% of people actually admit to shopping to cheer themselves up. Be about right? Possible? I don't ha- I reckon it's more actually, personally. Yeah, it's at least 62%. If 62 out of the 100 were honest. Um, so let us look at Psalms chapter 119 as I uh, try to land here. Uh, Psalms 119 verse 36 to 37 says, Turn my heart toward your statutes. Another, one, another translation will say towards your word and not towards selfish gain. 
So the purpose we're talking about this is actually lightening our suitcase. It's about actually carrying less stuff that weighs us down so we can go where God's intended us to go. We're about making disciples. Verse 37 says, Turn my eyes away from the worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. You know, things that preserve are good. We have the word of God that preserves us. So how do we go about having one handful? We give more. We buy less and we throw out more stuff. You know, so um, as we continue this series of uh, Travelling Light, next week we're talking about the, the distractions that derail us from our destiny. You know, there is a lot of things in our destiny that God's got for us, but so often we distract us. And as a kicker, as a bonus, before you actually uh, come next week, did you know that the average person spends two hours a day on social media? Do you know what that equates to over a lifetime? Seven years. That's conservative, I know. But seven years, people, away from the destiny that God's got from you? Wow. Wow. So that's not to land on a heavy, that's to to say, hey, this is what we're moving for. We want to get people free from that. We want to see people walk out the destiny that they've got for 2023 and become all who God's had intended them to be. And I'm not saying we don't do social media. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm talking about the distractions. You know, social media is just one of them. You know, would you believe that 15 years ago, humanity actually survived without social media? How about that? It was crazy before this thing called Facebook. Yeah, some people weren't even born before Facebook. (laughs) Uh, But the reality is, is that, um, you know, we can have a life that brings honor and glory to God. We can travel lighter with with less baggage. We can organize more with what we've got. and, And actually life ends well for us. Let me close on this scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. It says, command those who are rich. Okay, so you're probably thinking of your neighbor right now because you're thinking I've got all this debt. Uh, but the reality is, did you drive here today? You're rich. Do you have air conditioning in your house? You're rich. Do you have a cell phone? You're rich. Okay, so command all those who are rich. Who's rich in here? All of us are rich. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. So I'm encouraging you. Don't be arrogant of what we've actually said today. Encourage us not to be arrogant around the things of coming to church and bringing a supply that increases uh, the community of what we are as a church. Or to put their hope in wealth. So don't be arrogant nor to put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Praise God. You know, so don't be, don't, you know, if I, I believe we're all rich in here. We all have the capacity to, you know, be arrogant. We all have the capacity to put our hope in the money. You know, when I get the money, that's when I'll actually make a difference in the world around me. It's like, you know what? Don't put your hope in that. Put your hope in God. He's the author and the finisher. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the plan that he has for you. So let's put our hope in God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your peace that's over us. 
We thank you, Lord, that we can, uh, we can let go of the stuff that holds us down, to let go of the stuff that, that just weighs us down, the anxieties, the stresses of family, the stresses of the conflict coming into Christmas with family. Oh, Lord, we just pray for that right now. We pray, God, that the peace of God rule our hearts, rule our minds, lead us and guide us, walk us in in the valley of peace, Father. We thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. We put our hope into your situation. James, if I can have you. We pray, Father, for, um, for families as we come into this Christmas period, Lord. We pray, Father, for um, just a unity that, is, uh, that hasn't happened in years. We pray for that right now. And Lord, we pray that we just empty out, in, empty those things that are blocking that unity from our own suitcases. Father, search our heart. Search our intentions, our motives. And Father, we learn to put our hope and our trust in you. Lord, we thank you for that as we come into the, this season of remembering and celebrating the birth of Christ. Lord, we just, uh, we learn to walk with one hand full, not two, so that we can bless others, so that we can give more, so that we can focus on loving others the way Christ has loved us. We thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand just for a moment if we can. I'm not sure of your situation. There's a few people here I haven't met before and I don't know. But, you know, some of you may have been coming for a little while and haven't had this conversation with God yet of what He would say is an invitation. You know, everything through the Scriptures, Jesus is giving us an invitation. The first invitation that He's giving us is the invitation of rest. He says in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. It's an invitation to receive rest. We're living in a world right now that is frantic, that is chaotic, that is just at, at edge. At, it's just everyone's on edge as we come into Christmas. And it doesn't take Christmas. The highest, one of the highest uh, issues in our city that we're living in is domestic violence. Crime rate across constructions and vaping and drugs are the top three issues in Aura right now. And everyone's living on edge. But Jesus is saying, come to me and you don't have to have that edge. I'll give you rest and I'll give you peace. I'll give you a sense of tranquility that you may never have experienced before. The second invitation that he's giving you is an invitation to receive the Holy Spirit. You know, you might have known Jesus. You may have grown up in church or you might have actually experienced Christ uh, religiously going to church. But the reality is, is that you know, do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Scripture says that, you know, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you know, the Holy Spirit will be our helper, our counsellor, our advocate, our, our friend. And that's who the Holy Spirit is. And the final invitation that Jesus is always inviting us to is this invitation to become a disciple. You know, and Jesus said, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. You know, this, this, this course of becoming a Christian, it's not an easy course, but it takes, a, it, it's a journey of discipleship and doing the things that he did to love those that sometimes are unlovable. 
to come walk alongside those that sometimes are really difficult. But you know what? It's easier when we've got the life of Christ dwelling on the inside of us. It's easier when we know that we don't have to be anxious about anything, but we can allow the peace and the rest of God to help us. So these three invitations, yes to becoming a disciple, yes to allowing the Holy Spirit uh, to live within us, and yes to receiving rest. You know, this is simply an invitation to say yes. That's all He's asking us to do. Now, this is not a decision you need to make right now. We're not calling out the sin in people's lives. You know, the Holy Spirit is an invitation to receive His love and mercy, which overcomes all sin. We thank you, Father, for that. Let's just pray for a minute. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you, God, for everyone that is here. I thank you, Lord, that we're all coming into receiving an invitation of rest. We're coming into an invitation uh, with receiving the journey of discipleship and receiving the Holy Spirit. And if you've said yes in your heart around that situation and or around those invitations, I encourage you, come and talk to us after the service. It might be something that you're still processing. It might be a decision you make on the pillow tonight. You know, it doesn't require a pastor to pray for you or someone next to you to pray for you. You can make that decision just between you and him. But what I do encourage you to do, if you do do that, is to come back. I invite you to come back next week. Next Sunday, we'll continue our series, Traveling Light, avoiding the distractions that derail us from our destiny. In Jesus' name. so much for watching. If you'd like to know more, click on these links below. Be safe, be blessed, and we'll see you next week.